Easy does it. Your cool guide to investing. What are some of the potential benefits or even risks of using AI? So I definitely think it's going to have a good impact on the market. Uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be around. But I mean, we also got to remember that machine learning and AI, it's, it's only really been popularized this year with ChatGBT. It's been in the market. A lot of people have looked at these kind of systems to implement in the market for quite a few years. But like with everything, there's going to be pros and cons uh, from this approach. I mean, like as I said earlier, the market's constantly changing. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does a Podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ At Large, our financial market sangoma and commentator, JD Brayton Buck, is back on the Easy Does It Podcast. He is a senior trader at Purple Group and a man with almost a decade of financial market experience. JD, welcome back to the Easy Does It Podcast, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, oh, man, it's always lovely to have you. JD, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Over the last couple of weeks, we've collated some burning investing and trading questions from some of our listeners. These are DMs, emails, stuff on social media, from the technical serious to the wacky to the downright ridiculous. So I think for today's episode, we should do a quick fire hashtag ask a trader with JD. Uh, are you keen for us to to switch things up today yeah 100 let's go cool stuff so before we get into the quick fire questions jd as you know we've always got a random money question i'm keen to know from you what is your favorite investment or trading anecdote or quote i think my favorite one i might have mentioned here before but it comes from ed sakota so he was uh one of the the founding fathers i guess you can call a systematic trading back in the in the 1970s so just as computers started coming through he was one of the first oaks that started crunching numbers and following you know trades from a systematic yeah. approach i'm going to loosely base his quote but basically what he said is that the market is the same as it's been for the last 10 years forever changing so i mean if you think of it from that perspective you know one minute we all worried about inflation next minute mm. oh, well, how is ai going to impact how we invest and how we trade the markets so things are constantly evolving and constantly changing and it's all about staying up to up to date with with the changes Mm, I absolutely love that quote. Uh, JD, uh, let's do a quick fire hashtag ask a trader. Uh, the first question that comes out is around, you know, traders are often depicted in movies or, or TV uh, as being wealthy, powerful, ruthless. Um, they typically portrayed as wearing expensive suits and driving fancy cars and living a luxurious uh, lifestyle. And then sometimes they're extremely competitive and almost ruthless. And I tend to wonder, uh, is there any truth um, to this type of, of thing? What are traders really like? I think you left out one thing, chronically stressed as well. <laughs> but um, I, I, I guess from, from, from my opinion, I, I think that was just definitely over-popularized from a, from a few movies. I mean, if you think about American Psycho, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, I mean, the original Wall Street. And I also think that the, the market's changed since the, the open pit days. I think most of the traders that I know, they've generally very very down to earth very humble guys that have a very very good sense of humor i guess that's one of the few things that actually can keep you sane with the ebbs and the flows of the market and um 
yeah, just generally having having a thirst for knowledge and being able to to look at the world subjectively and removing removing all feelings and emotions. I think, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just very very normal people that have a have a zest for what they like to do. You know, there's there's many different kinds of traders or investors or portfolio managers or any kind of market participant out there i mean some guys like to wear the suits some people (laughs) you know you have people that have fancy cars you have some guys that drive a 15 year old land rover that has been paid off (laughs) i mean it's 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 all different yeah yeah it's such an interesting one you know just the stereotype that movies have created Mm. Uh, jd another quick fire question is what is your biggest win and loss as a trader i thought you had an understanding not to ever speak about my losses on air again (laughs) look these are uh, these are the stuff coming from some of our (laughs) listeners and my job is just to ask the question (laughs) no it's don't stress um i think my biggest loss if i think back um was most probably when nene was fired quite a few years ago. Um, I came in that day, I was trading very aggressively. I had large, very, very large positions on in my own personal capacity and for my clients. I mean, um, just to put it into perspective, I was, I think I was about seven times geared. So if I had inverted commas, a hundred K in the account, I had about 700,000 rands worth of stock. So for, you can imagine that that was, yeah, I mean, it basically almost wiped me out. It took me about a year to, to claw that, that back biggest win talk about percentage terms not nominal cash yeah. from a percentage term uh, just after i started about a year or two after i started uh, i think everyone started getting very very negative on the market and mm-hmm. i landed up getting quite long some just your general indices around the world and also traded wti quite aggressively and that that worked out for me quite uh, quite nicely yeah yeah, but I think it also paints this picture that trading and even investing isn't this get-rich-quick scheme where you're guaranteed to always win. You always need to pay your school fees. Things can happen in the market that are uncontrollable. That's 100% correct there. I mean, so it, it took me about a year to claw back and then I went sideways for three years. Because, oh, I mean, from, from that perspective, I mean, I, I just started a couple of years in only knew a bull market so everything that i did was a very momentum based strategy so it was all about chasing the momentum or trying to run things where the market kind of shifted to become more of a sideways environment yeah jd thank you so much for for sharing uh, with regards to some of the school fees that you needed to pay in your <laughs> earlier days uh, another quick fire question jd is actually around ai we've spoken about this a couple of months ago uh, do you think ai could impact how we invest and trade in the future and then what are some of the potential benefits or even risks of using ai so i definitely think it's gonna have a good impact on the market uh it's definitely an exciting time to be around but I mean, we also got to remember that machine learning and AI, it's its only really been popularized this year with ChatGBT. It's been in the market. A lot of people have looked at these kind of systems to implement in the market for quite a few years. But like with everything, there's going to be pros and cons uh, from this approach. I mean, like, as I said earlier, the market's constantly changing. I mean, if you, I mean, there's a great book that you, you guys, there's actually three books from Ray Dalio that I'd suggest any, any listener that's interested in the markets or just general business read. So it's all three of Ray Dalio's books but I mean he even talks about how he started to implement this whole um, a machine learning approach to to his investment side of things quite a couple of years ago so I mean it's it's going to be constant evolution but I mean if you think about it as well just from a historic perspective I mean look back to the industrial revolution was a lot of jobs lost yes but because of the technological advances that had occurred a lot more jobs were created 
so i kind of foresee that happening so there will be a disruption and there will be a shift but yeah. it will also create a lot more prosperity because i mean if you go back 100 years from now we are a lot better off if you go back 200 years from today's date yeah. you know we, we light years ahead so it's that constant evolution of the the human species going forward and i mean if i had to use like a simple let's let's use copywriting as an example yeah. so i mean five years ago it was anyone with a journalism degree or a ba in english that would go write an article for your company or your website now ai can do it but as well we got to remember that let's say there was a hundred people that were working in copywriting 90 percent of the people are probably going to fall off but those 10 percent of the people are going to take those 90 percent or that the other slack of that 90 percent and obviously take that income as well by using ai and understanding how to fit it together and how to optimize it to to essentially give their clients what they want so i mean with every opportunity there's there's always a, yeah. a, a threat i mean there's also always going to be risks i mean a couple of friends of mine have also shared a couple of tiktok videos with me a couple of weeks back about some guy showing how you can literally just type into chat gbt give me some code for a, a system and it's a plug and play and this is also uh, how you're going to make money and i mean will it work yes yes it could but you know coming from someone that's sat for quite a couple of years worked out systematic trading building of investment strategies how to set up your portfolio um there's a lot of different kinds of biases that come in so i mean from overfitting of data so if you've got a data set of, let's say 100 data points all right what the system generally what most guys would do for what i assume is i take 100 all of those 100 data points and then they test that strategy out instead you should only take 60 percent of that data create a strategy so you don't overfit on that mm. and then you test that with the remainder of the 40 percent of data because you can completely over make sure that everything is right for that said data and then something suddenly changes in the future and it won't work going forward something else that i've also noticed that a lot of the guys miss as well is survivorship bias so if we look at something like the the dow jones 30 which is the top 30 biggest companies in in the states now if you were to run uh, an investment strategy on the current top 30 companies yes you, if you are long only and you want to only buy the dips and i'm going to make up something funny now and say uh, growth is more than 10 percent dividend yield is more than two percent and the, let's say the market falls more than 20 percent and you buy the top five performers or something like that yes you will make money because you're only looking at the current shares in the dial 30 you're not looking at an in quote unquote uh a stand off uh debacle that yeah. happened because for example Steinoff came into the top 40 and it left so you need to look at everything that came in and left to build an actual well-rounded system approach from an investment perspective i mean also an another pro is I, I definitely think that it's going to democratize investing so you're gonna have some whiz kid that learns teaches himself how to code locks himself in his dorm room and the period that he takes to learn instead of spending five six seven years in the market trying to pay school fees he can learn off other people and then also use ai to fast forward that whole um that, that learning cycle to you know to to grow himself and to grow the portfolio
Yeah, I think it's so fascinating uh, how disruptive it could be, but also there's so many pros and of course there's the cons as well. So it's going to be some interesting times as AI improves as well. But I think mm. the one thing you mentioned that's really important is that markets are also driven by people. They're driven mm. by greed, they're driven by fear, and one wonders if AI can take that into consideration, the human condition, uh, which is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, JD, on to our next question, and this one relates to the experience that you have in the financial markets what is the biggest mistake that you see new traders and mis- and, and investors making so i think most guys that start out they're looking for every investment or every trade that they put down to be a 10 bagger to make money out of it because if you think about it from a psychological standpoint yes you're starting with your 10,000 rand and you think if you make 30 percent every year and you start drawing that out for 10 15 years it's, it's not that much money if you, if you think about it like that yeah. so everyone wants to say i take my 10 grand i've turned it into a million rand so being a little bit more aggressive there but every investment that you make is obviously not also going to be a winner. So you also need to be flexible enough to know when you've made a wrong choice and when to correct that or sell out of a position. So not being all gung-ho just trying to make money and think about it as well, man. It's it's definitely a lifestyle. It's something, you know, you've got to break up your investment uh, methodologies into different silos. Like let's say, for example, one you just every month put away a thousand bucks into an equity investment. You've got a cash investment that you wait for markets to fall, for example. So breaking them up like that, I think is is probably the, the right way to go. And lastly, I think something else is a guys, generally when they start, they're very excited, they wanna learn. I know I was there, I did this myself. You jump from uh, being a passive investor to a day trader to a swing trader to um, <laughs> you're just trying to do something at one minute you just want to be focused in the blue chips next minute you want to be just exposed to the small caps because they've run now instead of jumping around the whole time rather isolate each strategy on its own and I think if people start mm. focusing on doing that and they break it up in their minds like that you're less inclined to to jump the whole time because I've seen it so many times. Guys get in, yeah. you set up a very decent portfolio and um, let's say it doesn't give you the return that you want over a year or two. They sell it out and then you see if you just hold that for five years, you would have doubled your money. I've seen that happen mm. quite a few times. Mm. And of course, that ties into your own experience as well and some great advice. Uh, JD, another quick fire question. Uh, is technical analysis or fundamental analysis more important for investing? So I guess which of the two? So I'm actually going to say neither and I'm going to take it one step further. So I think both are important, but um, what I'd say as well is that, yes, you need to understand the fundamentals of the company that you're investing bottom up, but you also need to understand where the global macro picture is uh, from a top down perspective, what's going on in the world, what's changing, what's moving. Then as well, having a quantitative system that you follow. So have the steps. I only want to invest when this, this, and this occurs. Because many, many times when you've got cash on hand, markets running, and you're like, geez, I've just missed out on 5% or 10% on the market, you're inclined to go chase that. And that's probably one of the, the worst things that you can actually do. Um, and then, I mean, yes, look at your charts. It's, it's important, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you, you do. It does help with timing, in my opinion. But you can't just 
uh, invest purely purely from from a chart as well and um, I think lastly as well never never forget your own gut I mean you you're, you've had all these life experiences in your life you've been exposed to different things and you can assimilate this data yes in a different way that most probably a computer could and you can have your own biases which are good and bad but yeah uh, I think that's that's the main thing I mean if, if I had to really summarize it in in a succinct little uh, summary I'd say it's got to be both qualitative and quantitative so you've got to look at your own subjective conclusions that you make from the data that you're seeing and reading the news but also look at the objective statistics of where things are and what it is uh, and take things for for what they are as well yeah jd you've you said something that's very very important uh, around the gut but also a, a company could look great in terms of charts it could look great in terms of its books but it's operating in an environment that is absolutely horrible so the business is great but the environment is not great and that's where that macroeconomic viewpoint also comes in i think that's really really important uh, jd if you could only invest in one share or etf for the next 10 years which would it be and why Jeez, um, I thought about this one long and hard. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a tough one to, to call, but um, oh, I might regret it, but I'm just going to go out and say gold. Probably gold. Mm. Yeah, I'm, mm. I've been sitting in that gold to $3,000 camp for, for quite a while. And I mean, just having, having a look at where we're sitting in the world and with markets and everything, and from like a social, political, and even economic standpoint, I do think that there's a massive division in the world where we're sitting at the moment as well with the global superpower i.e the us at the moment and i think this is going to lead to a lot of opportunity as well i'm not being like a michael burry over here or that uh, just wants to say that the us is going to go to zero and i put on a 1.6 billion rand short that it's going to come off but if you look back at, at history and i mean in interestingly enough in that ray dalio book that i told you about earlier i think yeah. it was principles of a changing world order uh it's it's absolutely brilliant i definitely definitely suggest the readers should give it a go but he went to compare the dutch the french the british and now the the, the states as empires and i mean you can even look back as far as as the roman empire so i guess the only two things that two historians can agree on about the roman empire is that they don't know when the date when it fell was it the <laughs> fall of constantinople or was it another date i mean some anecdotal random information is i mean you know, like eventually one of the Roman emperors was actually, quote unquote, uh, he came from one of the barbarian or Germanic tribes. And that's where the same people that Marcus Aurelius was actually fighting. That's where he wrote the book um, Meditations. But I guess coming coming back to this, I mean, it is a very complex um, topic. And I, I kind of regret bringing it up. But um, <laughs> I guess there's no simple way to put it. But I think let me just try and give like a... And a little bit of an understanding is like empires don't fall immediately they roll over slowly but slowly so we're sitting with you know a lot of money that's been printed we've got a massive division that's happened in the states at the moment obviously with ai as well um i was actually listening to a very interesting podcast the other day uh, do you know where you've all known hari is is the guy that wrote uh, the book sapiens and homo deus also fantastic books like from the history of mankind running all the way back and he's now quite a outspoken person on ai and you know governments now being able to to monitor people and whatnot now i mean these are all these risks and factors that are starting to to feed in and i mean if if any reader actually wants to start delving deeper into this there's something called k-wave cycles which i think is also something that uh, i'm not going to touch on now but something to definitely look in now 
the whole reason behind the thesis of goals is that I do believe we're at the crossroads. I don't think it's we're sitting at a line of catastrophe at the moment, but I do believe this is going to open up more investment opportunities because since 2009, we've just reverse crashed up. If I think that's the easiest way to say it, it's just been the years pumping, going higher. Um, I mean, yes, they still have one of the they still have the most complex capital markets. They've got the best infrastructure. But we shouldn't neglect places like India. I mean, mm-hmm. Apple's opened up their first store there a couple of months back. Uh, India's also actually made their first oil payment to the UAE in rupees just the other day. I mean, these are quite significant things that mm-hmm. could potentially impact the dollar as well. I mean, um, there's another fantastic book to read Paul Kennedy wrote. Uh, it's the, the Rise and Fall of Great Powers, I think it is. And he essentially drew the line between economic strength of the country and the military. Now, if you have to compare that in times to the French Empire when Napoleon was there, yes, the economy started doing well. He started invading too many nations. Uh, he was overextended. The economy couldn't pay for the soldiers. Therefore, Britain took yeah. took them as an empire, essentially. Now, I don't really foresee that happening right now to the States. But with that change that occurs, it's going to open up a lot more uh, opportunities in China, I do believe, over the long term. Um, India as well, definitely as well. And I've just got a suspicious feeling that gold gold could catch a bit on, on the back of back of that. Also, I mean, where we're sitting, just looking at the US at the moment. Yeah, and that's the reason why we call you uh, the financial sangwom. Uh, you know, that <laughs> feeling that you have around some gold. Further sick from it, anyway. <laughs> JD, on to our next one. Uh, where exactly do traders hang out? Jeez, um, I think mo- most people would hang out online. So I know that there's a very large community on Twitter. Um, okay. Jeez, uh, yeah, t- definitely online. From my side, I, I generally don't like to, to be on online forums or whatnot. Like, I watch the media, I have friends that I chat to about the markets, but I generally, I think it's better to make up your own mind and not be swayed by other people. I think it's important to do your research, but sit subjectively. And I kind of feel that uh, a lot of times on Twitter, like, I, I've seen it as well. Like, there's someone that I know that's uh, a fund manager, but he doesn't advertise that on his profile. And there's someone that's... Uh, probably got less than 50,000 rand in his account that trades and uh, this guy thinks that he knows everything and he's telling this fund manager why he's wrong and this 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 and you're like hmm you've got about 15 more years experience on you and and now everyone's obviously going to follow the guy that's got the loudest mouth unfortunately that's also one of the byproducts of of social media these days but um, I think it is good, uh, but also just to to sit back and gauge, you know, what, what everyone's looking at and what everyone's thinking. You know, if everyone's chasing a specific yeah. thesis, uh, the probability of it, you know, being a momentum play is high, but the probability of it turning around is also quite high at the at the same time. Yeah, interesting way where you guys hang out. You even spoke about TikTok earlier on, so we know yeah. that uh, some of them are also on TikTok as well. Uh, you, JD, you spoke a bit about research and you've been talking a lot about books uh, and this ties into our next one really nicely uh, what resources do you use for researching stocks keeping abreast of the market and what's happening in the world so i, I guess once again it, it's literally just the internet so you get into a bit of a rabbit hole and you start digging you start <laughs> signing up for newsletters um yes you've got a few friends that can send you some interesting things you've got cnbc bloomberg really um the access to information in this modern day and age is it's it's incredible yeah. 
yeah the information is absolutely everywhere uh, last but not least jd which football team best describes your trading and investment strategies yeah, so i think you've caught me out i don't actually support any football team actually but um now that now that i say that i think it's actually also quite fitting for my investment strategy uh <laughs> my investment strategy is I'd, I'd call it quite malleable so you're not tied down to just one approach you spread across let's say for example multiple sports in multiple countries which is exactly the same if i had to bring it back to investing it's multiple strategies in multiple countries oh man absolutely love that answer uh, jd are there any stocks or etfs on your watch list at the moment yeah, so at the moment, just watching, uh, still, still that uh, Satrix Gavi, Satrix STX GVI, and STX GOV. Uh, they paid a distribution a couple of weeks ago, which was quite nice. Uh, keeping an eye on New Gold, uh, the, the Southern Rand ETF. And then another two ETFs that I've just been keeping an eye on at the moment is the STX NDA, which is your Satrix MSCI India Feeder ETF, and the STX CHN which is the Satrix MSC China Feeder ETF. Now, I think those, those three, it's something to start looking at, something to start nibbling and building a bit of a position around. I do believe that the US is going to be a buy at some point, but uh, just look at where we are right now with, uh, I guess, a bit of gut, look at where the treasuries are trading, where the NASDAQ's trading, etc. I think there should be a little bit of a, de- uh, a re-rating there. Um, we've seen a bit of a sell-off over the last week and a bit. And yeah, hopefully after this earnings cycle, we can see a little bit of a bleed down back to a, a stronger level of support where you can start adding and building a, another position there. Oh, man, JD, thank you for giving us a sneak peek into what you're doing in terms of what you have your eye on. And of course, for hashtag Ask a Trader. Uh, thank you so much for your time, JD. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me once again. See you soon. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.